Rosa Sarmiento empowers mission-led women leaders to launch binge-worthy podcasts to amplify their message and scale their impact and income through her business, Idea Blossoms. In this episode, we chatted all about podcasting and how to make it manageable for different people, as well as how private podcasts can act as a lead generator, an email list incentive, or addition to an offer. Even if you don't have a podcast or plan to in the future, I hope this conversation can give you insights as to how you can approach different marketing platforms in a way that suits you. Welcome to the podcast, Rosa. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, truly. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Um, So to kick us off, tell us about you and your business and everything that you do. Of course. That's the part that I'm very awkward with because I'm an (laughs) introvert. So bear with me. (laughs) Uh, So I'm Rosa. I am the founder of Idea Blossoms, which is a boutique podcast agency for women, especially women leaders and thought leaders. And yeah, we basically help them launch, manage, grow their podcast. We do everything, editing, publishing, repurposing it, marketing it. It all depends on the client, really. But that's what we love to do. And I'm originally from Brazil, now living in Mexico, married to an American. It's very messy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's my life in a nutshell. First off, what I kind of wanted to start off with was uh, like an... um, I'm recording a bunch of podcasts this week. We're like batching everything. But basically for anyone who's listening in the, the episodes that have gone out live over the last, you know, four to six weeks, um, we've talked a little bit about podcasting. And every time I mention it, I'm like, and the uh, requirements that you would have to do to like edit it and all of these things. So mm-hmm. obviously there is the option that you outsource all of that. Um and delegate it partially um, so that you have the time, but also just the brain space so that you don't have to think about it, worry about it, all of those things. Um, So I'm really excited to dive into how all of that works. Um, So where do you start off with your clients? Like where is the, where's the starting point where each of them comes to you with, are they just like, I want to have a podcast and I don't really know what I want it to be about? Or is it mostly like they have a podcast for a while and then they start working with you? Well, we have two types of clients. We have the clients that have an idea for their podcast. They want to help with launch because they have been procrastinating and planning and dreaming for like months, sometimes years. I've heard years. (laughs) And it's just like the tech part and figuring things out and knowing where to start. It starts to get overwhelming. So they get paralyzed and they just push, push, push and never happens. So that's one client that we have. They are just like, enough is enough. We're launching this and they get help. So we help them and they can just focus on recording really because we take care of everything else. We create the cover, the description, the setup, the editing, the show notes, even the marketing. We take care of it. If you're launching with us, we'll take care of the marketing as well. So it's really just like that weight lifted from their shoulders. They don't have to figure anything else anymore. They just have to record their episodes. And usually when they come to us, they have a very clear idea of what the podcast is about, who it is for. Otherwise, I wouldn't even take them as a client because if you, if, there's no point in launching a podcast if you don't know yeah. <laughs> what's about and who it is for. That's like the number one thing, by the way, if you're thinking about a podcast, number one thing, really get a clear vision for it, what, like who it is, who it's for, what's it about topics you want to bring, guests you want to bring, if you're going to have guests, having that clear vision will help a lot. 
But we also have clients that come to us. They already launched. They are, they've been doing this for a while, but they usually been doing this either by themselves or they've had a podcast manager or a virtual assistant, but for some reason it didn't work out and they're looking for someone that's a better fit, basically. Yeah, cool. And I mean, so I personally edit my own podcast, but um, I will need to let go of the reins at some point. I'm just in that phase of like <laughs> still trying to figure out all the different tweaks I'm making. Um, so I don't I don't want to inflict those changes on somebody else. <laughs> I honestly think that's good. Like I love when podcasters come to me and they know, they understand the behind the scenes. They understand everything that goes into it they know what they want because like those are the best clients they know exactly what they want they like the editing the show notes everything they're playing so it's so easy to work with them it's like the best clients ever yeah yeah exactly and i was thinking um yesterday because somebody had posted on threads about like any tips for someone who's starting a podcast and i think the three things i said were um think about how you want the podcast to make people feel like what are they showing up for what are they getting out of it like what kind of because that will lead what kind of topics you do what kind of guests you have if you're having guests um and then the second thing was think about how much time you're going to spend on it are you going to outsource it or um edit it and stuff yourself because um you don't want to end up where it kind of like takes over everything else and then everything else slips and Mm -hmm. then thirdly was how are you going to market it like how are you gonna have discovery for the podcast and it was kind of like in that order (laughs) because it's like figure out what you want the show to be how you're gonna make it work into your business like okay do you need to wait a couple months and finish off a certain amount of projects or are you going to outsource as much of it as possible so that it's not as much of a burden on you and then also how are you going to to market it I think sometimes when people think about having a podcast they think of like having a top 50 podcast and so they're potentially thinking first about how am I going to market it because how am I going to get x number of listeners where I think in this space of where um podcasting is at but also if you want your podcast to lead people back to your business like if you are podcasting for business um Uh then oftentimes that marketing is important, but it's what do you want those topics and stuff to be about? Is there any kind of different approach that you take your clients through of what they should consider before you start so that that way you are on the right path with like managing their podcast? I think approach is a great word to use here because when you're starting a podcast, it's so important to have that at least an idea of what kind of approach you want to have. Um, Some people call it a niche. That's also, that can be your approach. Um, But I think it's important to understand like what, what's, what can you bring to the table basically? Like what is, how is this going to help in like how, how is this going to help the listeners, but also how it's going to stand out from the crowd? Because, you know, everything is, I mean, people to say that podcasting is saturated, but everything is saturated. Let's be honest. Like there are so many businesses about so many things and all the platforms, everything is saturated. So like, what is your unique approach? What, how do you do things differently? What um, listeners can expect from each and every one of the episodes? I have a client and she's like, she stands from all the other clients in terms of numbers 
And I just like, I had to stop and think like, what, what is it about her that brings all those downloads and all these people? And on top of being, of course, consistent and having good quality, she's also very niche and she has a very unique approach on her services and how she delivers them. For instance, she is, she offers hormone balance services uh, remotely. So it's very specific. Everything is around hormones and everything, of course, for women. So she talks about energy, period. So it's very, very, very specific. And she has an approach on how to, quote unquote, solve those issues. First of all, discover why you're having those issues and then uh, approach it from a holistic point and try to actually get it, um, not fix, fix is a bad word, but how to get it right without having to resort to medicine or to, you know, not, not non-natural um, resources. So, yeah, I think that's, that's really what the success is really about. Like she's, she's honed in so, so much on what she does, who she serves and how she serves them. It just keeps like building and building every month. I, I check her reports and it's insane. <laughs> So I think like having a different approach is so important and I know it can be overwhelming, intimidating. Actually, that's a better word. It can be intimidating. Like, how am I going to stand out? What's my different approach? But it will also make you stand out so much. Yeah, no, that's so true. And yeah, even that thing of like, what kind of phrasing there for like the hormonal health I I don't know whether it's the SEO person in me but I love optimizing my health that's the thing of like how can I improve this I'm not trying to like have the perfect health but yeah I can see how that a resonates with so many people it can be a niche topic but also there's no like ceiling on it because you know half the population um in theory goes through that at some point in their life has some kind of hormonal thing that they need to be considering um but it's very specific instead of just being um, general uh, health so that it's like how, okay, so some episodes might be relevant to me, some wouldn't, but because it's niched, all episodes would be relevant to me, you know? Um, yeah, so I really like that of, um, yeah, it might not compete on the podcast charts, um, but in terms of, you know, numbers and dedicated people who will listen to every episode and people who care about the topic um is is so much more you know beneficial than you know being in some arbitrary number situation um so i love that and the most surprising thing is that she's on the charts <laughs> amazing i love that and i think that's the power of really niching down with your podcast people think that it's going to do the opposite like you're going to get less downloads because it's so specific but it really isn't like mm. when you tune into a podcast, um, at least me and I think most people I know and I work with, you are searching for something and it's usually something specific. You don't want a broad whatever topic. No, you're tuning in because you are looking for an answer for something or you want to be entertained by a certain topic. But you have a goal there. People have a goal. They're not just wasting time so to think about that to think about what's your listeners goal and honing in on that really making your episodes about that that is the key yeah and also just the point of like 
you do the marketing work or whatever to get a listener for an episode. If your podcast is consistently around the same topic, then they're more likely to listen to multiple episodes rather than if you were like bit bopping around between different topics yeah. and all different formats and all of these different things. Then often over the course of like, say, 10 episodes, maybe one or two will be relevant to them. And so therefore those numbers that um, contribute to like that consistency, but also any kind of chart um, or like moving the needle for your business kind of situation um, 100%. comes from that like dedication in a way and like the continued value that you bring to them in a way um like if you think of a radio show they they are similar day to day they talk about different things um but you know maybe you're listening to a certain type of music station and the djs are talking about certain different topics but it's reasonably consistent they're not just like one day talking about one thing and then um are on the opposite end of like who people would be like one like if they say they're political or something they're going to stick to one kind of one kind of lane um so yeah that makes sense um and making sure that it's working but I just love that because of that niche and potentially obviously because of like who the host is and I'm sure they're like charismatic and all of those things that the numbers are really reflecting that so that's awesome to hear yeah yeah and she's very objective too there's no fluff there's no ranting it's like, let's talk about this today. Da, da, da. This is what we're going to talk about. She listed, which is, I think it's very helpful too. Like at the very beginning of the episode, she sets the expectation. Like today we're going to talk about this and we are covering this and this and that. So right, right from the bat, people know, oh, okay, this is an episode I want to tune into. And even like her consumption rate is good. If people don't know what a consumption rate is, <laughs> is how much people actually stay um, on that episode, how much they listen. From that episode, it can be 50%, so they drop halfway through the episode. Or it can be 100%, which means they have listened to the whole thing every little second. <laughs> and her consumption rate is also a reflection of that. Like, at the very beginning, people know this is for me or this is not, which is totally fine if it's not. And they know what to expect. They know what they're going to learn. She sticks to, you know, the plan. She sticks to the topics. And I see the reviews. It's like, it's very clear. It's very easy to understand and to grasp. And it's very also like applicable, easy tips that people don't feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm never going to be able to do that. Like I'll have to change my whole life, my lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. No, it's like practical tips. You can start right away today. Easy, baby steps. And like, those are the things people really, oh, I think people are looking for on a podcast. It's not like you're expecting to get an MBA from an episode. Yeah. You just want to get something out of it, like a little thing that can help you today or, you know, on the next week, this month. That's what I do at least. Yeah. I also love podcasts for like inching me into a topic where like if I watched something that was like too highly technical, it would probably just be overwhelming information for me because I wouldn't know the jargon or whatever. And so I love podcasts of like being that introduction to something where they break things down into really small bite-sized chunks for me so that over time, um, whether I'm binging the episode or or listening on a week-to-week basis that I... I'm learning something, but not in a way that is like super taxing for my mind. So I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's private podcasting. So tell us about how that's different to like having a, a publicly listed um, podcast and also like the maybe the motivations behind why you would do that differently. 
from where I see it in my experience, it's very clear how they're different, right? A public podcast is a podcast that most people are familiar with. You go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you browse through them, you tune in, you choose the episodes you want to listen to. It's easy to find them. You can share on social media, all of the stuff. A private podcast is a private. <laughs> it's private. You can only access through a link and that link belongs to the host. So the host can share with whoever they want. And most people are like, but why would you do that? People wouldn't be able to find your podcast. What's the point? The goal is very different. For public podcasts, people are usually looking for authority, credibility, visibility. So it makes a lot of sense to have a pub public podcast. For private podcasts, the goals are different. It's usually around uh, selling a certain service or offer, getting leads into their email list because, you know, to get access to that podcast, the private podcast, they have to sign up, then they get a link, they can tune into the podcast and they can learn a very specific thing. Private podcasts are usually short and sweet, like five episodes, 10 episodes, talking about a certain topic or teaching or, you know, teaching on a certain topic, a training. So yeah, it's really great for you to, it's like a low entry point to your world. If you're a service provider, if you're a coach, you can have a little private podcast that teaches them on something. And it's a really good idea if you teach them on the foundations that they need to continue working with you. So you're not only getting those leads, you're preparing them to take that next step with you. And also there are other things you can do like private courses they have. Now they're starting to offer like a private feed, a podcast feed where they can, you know, what just listen to the lessons or they have a Q&A session every week and that get up gets uploaded into a private podcast that people can tune into in their own time. Uh, people do this for virtual summits now. So instead of like watching the presentations, you can listen to them on the go because let's, let's face it, we're all busy. <laughs> we don't have time to watch hours and hours of videos in front of a computer. So that's how a private podcast can be very helpful to your business. It can bring leads, it can bring sales, it can develop a more intimate relationship with your students or your clients. Because if they're busy, if they don't have time, if they don't want to sit in front of a computer to watch that video or that training, they can just listen on their phone on the way to work, washing dishes at the gym. For me, it's at the gym. <laughs> That's where I listen to my podcast. Yeah. Yeah, no. And that makes perfect sense. I think the thing that I have seen the most commonly used for is like maybe like a Patreon situation. So like you pay... Um, maybe not just to get the podcast, but you pay for a bunch of things. And then the podcast is one of those things. And sometimes that's like that you get the podcast six months early because, or three months early or whatever. Um, and the, the episodes will be eventually released. And I guess maybe if they have guests and things like that, that's um, a bonus for them is that eventually it will become public, um, but you get it earlier. Other times it's, um, you know, like a private podcast feed of recordings of networking calls or a group coaching program call but you're able to access it audio based so that you can either re-listen if you attended or that you can listen without attending and you don't need to watch because oftentimes whatever's on the screen is just people's faces anyway so like it allows you to be yeah. movable and like listen to it in the car at the gym or whatever without having like a video downloaded to your phone um 
and it allows people to have those those entry points so you're still able to access this podcast on like apple podcasts and things like that but it's just um that you have to have the link but what i haven't seen and what i really hope i see more of is that using it as an email lead like a, a, a email list generator um of having a one-off set of um informational foundational um pieces of information that people can can use and i think that's so beneficial for businesses where maybe people listen to that series and then they go on to listen to your podcast or that maybe mm -hmm. throughout the course of your business and how you deliver your services they will be speaking to you or there's some kind of like trust or authority required there um because it can be so much more personal to listen to someone's voice than it is to yes. even just read an email for example and i have actually two clients who did who did both actually the private podcast was like a mini course, mini audio course. But at the same time, they released like one episode or the first three episodes for free as a lead generation. And then if they wanted to continue listening and continue doing the course, they could purchase the private podcast and get like lifetime access to it. They can listen on Apple, Spotify, you name it. So I thought that was really smart. Like, we did we did both <laughs> the paid private podcast but also leverage it the same material it didn't cost them anything extra the same uh episode we just released one two or three for free as a freebie as a free resource as a lead generation um tool to bring people in uh into the world to nurture them because like once you get that email nurture sequences all the good stuff <laughs> And it's worked really well. It's evergreen now. So they have an evergreen funnel to bring people in, to nurture them, to convert them. And then they also set that foundational piece. Like I've said before, they now understand what their work is about. They got a feel of what they are, like who they are as a leader or as a coach or as a mentor. So I think that's a really, really smart strategy that I've applied with a few clients. There are coaches and it's worked wonders. Because it is a big commitment to, you know, it's usually high ticket. You're usually committing to three, six, 12 months with this one person that you don't know much about. You've read the emails and so, saw the social posts, but like, how would, he, how would it be like to really work with them? So that's a really good way of doing that. I think with that, like a little private feed, uh, a little training or course, they can get a taste of what you are, your approach, how you do things. And then they can choose if continuing doing this work with you makes sense or if it doesn't. Yeah. I'm even thinking how this could be really beneficial for me because if I kept the podcast interviews, right, there's only so much people are hearing about me and my approach because I'm interviewing people yeah. about their approach. Um, but if I can have, even if it's free, but it's via my email list, a series of episodes that are kind of like foundational to set people up so that if they were to hire me for one of my strategy or coaching packages, they've already gotten to a, a certain point so that some things that are often seen as like the basics that I'm not spending the time on those calls going through those things where I mm -hmm. could have just, you know, then I'm telling every client these basics when I could have just recorded one, one podcast episode about them and, <laughs> yes. and delivered them to them once. Um, 
it also can be really helpful if you have like a wait list or something as well. I can see like, okay, mm -hmm. you're doing maybe like a group coaching or you're fully booked for coaching um, or some kind of other service you're fully booked and you want to prep your clients. Um, you've booked them in maybe in advance or they're waiting for doors to open to some course or or offer that you have. Um, it's something to give them in the meantime so that um, they can start and keep working off that momentum rather than you know mm -hmm. it may be going flat and then you needing to get back in touch with them or them needing to get back into the mindset of whatever thing they've signed up for so that makes yes. perfect sense as well next I'd love to talk about um who business owners are sharing those private podcasts with and also like how are they managing that is it like because it's a one and done link is it just super simple something that they're delivering to people or are there like any other technical things that people need to think about as they think about potentially doing a private podcast well you will need a podcast host that allows for private feeds that's very important there are many podcast hosts out there but not all of them will give you a private feed they will give you the public feed which is the one that everyone's going to get access to but you don't want that because you want people to opt in or you want people to pay you to get access to that podcast right so a good one that i like to use that's very user friendly so if you're not tech savvy totally fine is hello audio and another very good one is Captivate. And Captivate has like amazing, amazing stats. So if you're like a data person, you're definitely gonna wanna go with Captivate because yeah, you need to, you're gonna need a podcast host period. And it needs to have that private feed. And once you set up that private feed, it's really ready to go. You get the link, the private link, and then you can set up an automation so people, as soon as they opt in, they get an email with a link. That's the link they have to click to get to the private podcast. Simple as that. Uh, and there are also some features like you can give people access for a certain amount of days. So it can it expires after 90 days. So people take action, right? Because otherwise it just sits there and they <laughs> never listen. I think that's a great idea, giving them like, hey, here's a private podcast. Enjoy. You have X days just to make sure they really go through the episodes. You can also drip content if you, it depends really on your strategy and what you're trying to do with a private podcast, but you can drop all the content at once and they can binge through the 10 episodes or whatever, or you can slowly drip them like a normal podcast would. So there are some really cool features you can explore, but really if you want to keep it simple and I would, if you're not into the tech, savvy things <laughs> keep it simple that's always a good way to go so just set it up get the link automate that email so they get it as soon as they opt in and you're good to go yeah perfect and then I think something that can be super intimidating about podcasts either public or private is how do you get started like what do you need to consider and when it was me starting I was like yeah but I hate the sound of my own voice and then um, a lovely friend of mine uh, who is American said, Emma, your accent is so amazing. I could listen to you read the like terms and disclosures on like medical ads if you <laughs> wanted to. And I was like, oh, okay, so cool. It's just that I say, hate the sound of my own voice. Maybe not everyone else does. I think everyone hates the sound of their own voice. I sound yeah. so nasally. I don't know <laughs> if that's a word. I hate it, but that's what, I, <laughs> that's what we're working with. 
Yeah, there's also the thing that your voice sounds different to you than it does like being played back to you. So there's also that thing that you have to get used to of like, why do I sound like that? That's weird. Um, are there any kind of like confidence boosters, things that people should maybe not worry quite so much about? I mean, obviously the first thing is if you're worried about it, about video, obviously podcasting is so open to just being audio so you don't have to do any kind of video format um but any other kind of things that you find that people need to I don't know if get over just sounds so like harsh but like work through shall we say (laughs) some things they need to work through to get their confidence up to get into podcasting well I have two things to say really don't overthink stop just stop make a decision go you can change, nothing's set in stone. Things are going to evolve. That's a certain certainty. That's a fact. You're not it's not gonna stay the same. It would be weird if you had a podcast for years and years and it's still the exact same thing it was when you first started. So don't overthink things. Make a decision and then go with it and stick with it for a certain amount of time because it's podcasting, right? And you need time, you need consistency to see results. So don't be impatient with the results, but be patient with your actions. I heard this from a mentor once and I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. So Mm. being patient with your actions, but then be patient with the results. Make a decision, go with it. If it doesn't feel good after three or six months, then make a little tweak here and there. You want to experiment something new? Let's try it. See how it goes. It's your podcast. It's your podcast. You make the rules. You can do it. And another thing is... Forget about the shoulds and the have-tos that you listen to out there. That's why I try to be very careful with like, you should do this. Because there are so many ways of doing things. And podcasting is still so new. So I think saying anything like you should, it's silly and stupid. We don't even know much about podcasting. Like the, the industry itself is still evolving. There's so much we still need to, you know improve if you compare it to youtube or you know google or instagram it, it now uh, we have a long way to go so forget about those shoulds and have tos like if you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to do things to do a certain thing because you should do this and you heard it you have to launch with three episodes because that's what they say you have to and like it just piles up and that's where the overwhelm comes from there's so much overwhelm that comes from those have tos so forget about that Really tune in into what you want, what is your goal, your listeners, what do they need, what are their goals. That is really the important thing. And everything will come from those answers. So that's where it all starts. Why do you want to start this? Who are you doing this for? What do they need? What do they want from you? And that's that's where everything comes from. Like the idea for the podcast, the episodes, the guests you're going to bring on. That's like if you have those answers, you have your podcast. It's just a matter of making the decisions, don't overthinking things, especially the podcast name, <laughs> because that's the number one thing people get stuck with. Don't overthink it and just go with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I think even my own language, how I talk about things, I've really changed um, because sometimes people will listen to something that I say and think of it as like, almost like a prescription of this is how you Mm -hmm. should do marketing so I've even started saying things like I can only say should if it is immediately followed up by like consider so you should consider x um otherwise it's like could try um and all of those kind of phrases instead of like you should do this because um 
as we can see, as everything grows and I mean, even podcasting being so like global is how it can feel saturated. But realistically, there are so many different ways of doing everything. There are different ways of approaching every single platform and therefore like you do have options and you can make it work for you um, if you decide that that modality is something that you really want to try. Um, and then also the things of like, how can you make this possible for you? How can you make it like the minimum viable product of yeah. how a podcast yes. would look for you? So would it be audio? So therefore audio only. So then it doesn't matter what you look like, what space you're in. Are you in the literal closet or something? I don't know. Like it doesn't really matter because you're not worrying about lighting or any of those kind of things. Also, I got really hung up and I don't know if I've just gotten better at like editing sound or whatever, or um, maybe my house or something, but like even the slightest noise outside, you could hear it in the background. And I have upgraded my microphone in that time as well. So maybe that was the thing. Um, but I would get really hung up on like how it sounds because of all of these things and what if people are listening to it in their car and whatever. So I've made like slight adjustments, but like having something like this microphone is not required. When I have guests on, I'm often saying to them like the Apple wired in like plugged in headphones are actually really good. You just have to make sure that they're not scratching on your hair or whatever. Yes, um, yeah. Because you don't need to spend like 400 US on a microphone and an audio interface just to be yeah. able to have a podcast. Like, no. Um because also most of these things weren't even accessible when podcasts started. Like there were no podcast specific microphones. Um, and like if they were, they were like super industry, you know, for radio hosts. Um, yeah. So they weren't accessible. So it's just like, how can you make this possible for you? Um, there are certain like recording tools out there. Um, and also like Spotify recently acquired um it just slipped out of my head. What are they called? But now it's called Spotify for podcasters. So they have all uh, of these accessible anchor, tools. Right. Anchor, that's it. Um, yeah, so they acquired this tool that helps you to record, edit, and release your podcast. Um, and now they've kind of like padded that out with a few extra things. So compared to even like five years ago, there are so many more tools out there that make it super simple for you, which also means that there are free tools because a lot of them have the free plan. Um, mm -hmm. And then it's just signing up for the right one so that um, – hopefully you don't have to transfer, although you can, if you want to do something like a private podcast in the future. So you're making sure that you're on the platform that has the different features that you want so that you don't end up having to plug three things together to make it work, basically. Um, but yeah, and then unfortunately you just have to try it and see what happens. <laughs> I think that's the thing. It's doing something new and that scary feeling of doing something new and uncomfortable um, that's why I say don't overthink it because if you think about it too much, you're just going to talk yourself out of it. Uh, just yes. go with it. Try, try, see what happens. And if like launching a public podcast sounds very intimidating and overwhelming, it's a big commitment. Like we know it takes consistency. So it's not a thing you're going to do for a month or two. It's going to take a few months if you, if you're serious about it and then you can assess if it's working or not, but you can make an assessment in a month or two. But if that's overwhelming, then start with a private podcast. Have fun with those like five, six, ten episodes. Put them out there. Get some leads and some sales. And then see also like how does that feel? Dip your toes into the podcasting habits <laughs> and see how that feels. Do you enjoy recording? Do you, did you actually have a great time? Because I have clients. They're like, I'm actually enjoying this very much. I wish I had done it sooner. Because you never know. You never know until you try. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I suggest to people is trying as a guest on podcasts first. Because yes. then it can, A, once you book that spot, 
to be interviewed by someone you have a deadline um so it helps you to figure out your various setup things or whatever and then you're not the one who needs to either edit or outsource that editing you know do all of the tech management or whatever you are showing up so you can dip your toe into whether you like you know five different people's formats you can try them out because you're the guest um obviously it's a slightly different experience but it allows you to to dabble a little bit without feeling like you're making a big commitment and then sometimes it's yeah sometimes it's just as simple as like telling people that you are launching a podcast so that you have to launch your podcast exactly (laughs) i do that a lot i'm like i say i'm gonna launch it on a certain date and i'm like damn it now i really have to do it (laughs) yeah 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 no i am very driven by um urgency and deadlines which is Mm -hmm. why i um i have i have changed a few things in my business in the last um couple years to suit that of like doing things more in person with people and setting deadlines rather than like having a mental deadline of when i'm going to get that to the client i tell the client when i'm going to get it to them so that i am bound to that thing i love accountability it's a very large portion of things and so sometimes that consistency for a podcast is just like announcing that you are going to have a podcast every two weeks every week whatever um or that you're going to be releasing a season of 10 episodes or that you're going to be doing um releasing this private podcast and then embracing it and doing it and then also just understanding that like if something happens and you decide you want to take a break from your podcast that is okay um rather than thinking oh but if I start this podcast now then what happens in six months when like don't think that far ahead maybe just um just see how how it goes and get started and (laughs) you're gonna need that data to make those decisions right if you make that decision now you have you're basing yourself on nothing absolutely nothing exactly but in six months from now after you've been doing this then you have the data then you can make an informed decision does this make sense should i continue should i tweak it should i do bi-weekly instead of weekly whatever it is you have the data and you can base yourself from real information instead of just shit that's going on in your brain basically (laughs) exactly yes and also there's that thing of like what if x happens but it's also like what if it turns out better than you thought it ever could so that won't happen if you don't like press record that first time um and actually release the episodes um yeah I've evolved the show a lot um initially I started out with solo episodes then I did a different Mm -hmm. season with interviews that was more like how are you approaching email how are you approaching social and then Mm. basically it was overwhelming for me to hear all of that information so (laughs) I can only imagine what it was like for my listeners and um the episodes were well received and everything but I just kind of thought like for this new season let's do something different um there was quite an extended break in between this season and last season but it's okay life happens that's fine um so you know I've just been kind of approaching things as like how can I make this slightly better over time and just um you know how can I make this valuable for my listeners without it being this thing that becomes too intimidating for me that I just end up not doing it so yes oh my gosh I'm so glad you touched on that topic because it is important to enjoy recording your podcast. If you're like hating the experience, there's something very wrong. It shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be, I don't want to do this. It's the last thing on my list. I hate it. No, it shouldn't. It should be pleasurable in some way, either because you love connecting with guests and having conversations, either because you actually enjoy the experience of recording or planning the episodes or, you know, the conversation, the, comments or dms you get i don't know 
but you should take some pleasure out of it. If there's no pleasure, then I think there's something wrong and needs to be addressed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I happen to be batching um, quite a lot of episodes. I'm like moving soon. There's this whole internet situation. So I this is my fourth interview of the week. If I had hated doing this, could you imagine what this week would feel like? It would be the most intimidating, <laughs> draining thing ever. And yeah. yes, it takes time. So I haven't gotten a lot of other work done this week, but that's okay because I love it. And also I just love knowing that I don't have to schedule a bunch of stuff for the next wee while. It's just like such a, a pressure off. Um, but I so look forward to all of these conversations and everyone is so different and so you know even if you don't have guests as your podcast you can make it so that everything is enjoyable for you and just like making a few adjustments um and over time you'll either find what works for you in podcasting or you'll find that podcasting wasn't maybe what you thought it was going to be or something like that and that's okay too yeah perfect Sweet. Alrighty. Well, let's wrap it up with some quick fire questions. Uh, who inspires you in business? Uh, this is going to sound cliche, but <laughs> it is my clients actually, because I work with women only. Um, and that is very inspiring to me to see other women succeeding and learning and teaching and just growing their business because it's lonely sometimes. You, I, I think you can relate <laughs> to run your own business, especially online. Even if you have a team, you're not there with them and it's not face-to-face. So yeah, just like whenever things get hard, I just look, look up for, to them or I send them a message or an email and it's always like the most inspiring, motivating thing to keep me going. Yeah. No, same. Yeah, it might seem cliche, but that's always the answer that comes to mind for me is who my clients are. I mean, I see people out there um, doing things that are inspiring, but my clients are, uh, they inspire me in in the details. It's a deeper relationship, exactly. Because it's hard to relate to, I don't know, Bene Brown, Renee Brown, you know what I mean? But to my clients, it's easy to relate. Even if they're like 10 steps ahead of me or 100 steps ahead of me, I can still relate to their story and the business they're building. And yeah, I can't relate to Oprah. I can't. (laughs) No, no. And even hearing the origin story, I'm like, yeah, but it's, you know. It's still too far. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a different world back then. So it's a little, it's a little unrelatable. Also, I don't know that I want Oprah's like uh trajectory quite frankly um that sounds terrifying to be in front of that many people on stage (laughs) yeah the piece that I love about podcasting the most is that yes there are listeners but it's just you and I in this conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah what creative pursuit are you enjoying or feeling drawn to right now in your work or personal life Mm -hmm. I'm gonna choose personal because I just started to do something really exciting I'm learning Italian because I am weird (laughs) and (laughs) I'm planning a trip to Italy and I'm like, I want to be able to speak some Italian when I'm there. So I just started this like online free Italian. Let's see how that goes. I'm not making anyone any promises, but that's what I'm excited about at the moment. Yeah. And also, even if you only know the basics, I'm sure it'll be a lot less intimidating when you get there just to know that you can get by with exactly. with a little bit of stuff. Yeah, And everything cool. sounds amazing in Italian. I don't yeah. know, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. What is your favorite place on the internet right now? I'm between two. I'm between LinkedIn, which I never thought I would say in my entire life. <laughs> but 
LinkedIn and threads. I am weirdly obsessed with threads. It's probably the novelty of it, but I'm really enjoying LinkedIn, really. A lot of my clients are big on LinkedIn, so they are really the ones that kind of pushed me indirectly uh, to try it again. I tried it like 10 years ago, and it was not great 10 years ago. But now it's a whole different world out there. And I'm actually enjoying creating content there and really networking, meeting people, having different conversations, types of conversation, because it's a different type of social platform. It's different. I don't know exactly how to explain it. It's so new to me still because I just got back like a month ago. But it's different than what you do and what you see on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Threads is still new, so I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's where I am now. I'm experimenting with LinkedIn and yeah, having fun with it. Yeah, I like how social media is becoming more social and like human to human again. I really love that. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, some of that has been like a cultural shift, but I think the platforms are doing things to like purposefully make that happen. Um, so I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Instagram became very overwhelming to me last year. And I'm like, we need to make a shift because it wasn't feeling it wasn't healthy for me anymore. And it's still we still have to market our business, right? So I was like studying different ways and like we redid the whole marketing strategy. And now I'll be f focusing a lot on podcast interviews because I really enjoy them and LinkedIn because I think that's a better social platform. It's not really social, but I think mm. you know what I mean. It's a better social platform for our business and our goals. And it takes a lot of the overwhelm out of it because it's like Instagram was a lot for me. It's just there's too much going on <laughs> yeah I think there's been like a general consensus of people loving like threads for example because it's the Instagram obviously it's made by Instagram and, and Facebook um but because it's text they have to do less to show up and create content I mean I imagine that with commenting and things like that it's kind of like the same input really because mm -hmm. we were all just commenting in our pajamas anyway uh, but now we can do the whole thing in our pajamas and it's just like yeah. so fun to have both one-on-one -on -one and like multi-person conversations through those places and and yeah LinkedIn is is becoming that as well but yeah I know what you mean by five to ten years ago LinkedIn was very different um so I hope it stays I hope it stays how it's going I like it what are you looking forward to the most in the next year of business I think collaborations and partnerships. Um, I think the last few months I had to reassess a lot of things. And um, a lot of it was due to that social media overwhelm. So reassess that. And a lot of it also was just this feeling of like doing everything myself and I have, like being alone in this, that lonely feeling. So I think that's the way to go. Uh, call up collaborations, partnerships. I just had a live yesterday and I felt so energized after the live. It's like talking to a human and talking about something you both enjoy. It's really different and it make, it gives you that motivation, you know, to keep going. So collaborations and partnerships, that's my final answer. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. What are you looking forward to the most in the offline world this next year? My trip to Italy. <laughs> nice. I love that. Yeah. And then finally, the big question, if someone is listening to this episode and they want to grow their own business, what is the one thing you recommend they do or evaluate next? Oh, that's a big question. 
think because I went through this process not long ago, a couple months ago, I think really sitting down and saying what's working for you, especially, and what's not. Um, because like there's so much out there, right? We get bombarded with information. You should do this and that. This is a great strategy. Ah. <laughs> it's so overwhelming. And sometimes we end up doing things that doesn't align with us, our values or our goals, just because someone told you to. So really sitting down and giving your business um, an audit. What are you, the services you're offering, team members you have, clients you have, marketing, where are you showing up, your platforms, everything. Like, is it working? Is it not? Why is it not working? How does it, feel? like, just assessing everything. I think that's the best place to start. I could sit here and say, oh, you should do this, but it's really up to you <laughs> what works for you and what's sustainable going forward because some things are not sustainable especially if they don't feel good to you and you're it's you're never gonna know until you sit down and really feelings for a while and decide what's working and what's not working yeah exactly that reflection is such a massive piece of all parts of business and also life but just sitting yeah. down and creating space for yourself to give yourself the time to process all of your feelings and maybe uncover a few things that you haven't totally thought about um is so important so yes but thank you so much for having this chat with me this is so amazing i have so many ideas from this and i'm sure the listeners will too oh great i'm happy to hear that thank you so much for the opportunity i really appreciate it i know it's a lot of work <laughs> behind a podcast <laughs> so i appreciate you Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Digital Hive podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love it if you could share it with a friend or on Instagram and tag me at Honeypot Digital. To find out more about Honeypot Digital and the work I do, or to find more episodes of the podcast and handy tips for small businesses marketing online, head to honeypotdigital.com.